would a prequel to One Foot work either in a book form or TV show? Would you have you ever considered a prequel? No. Okay. No. Yeah, so <laughs> next question. Welcome back to One Foot in the Podcast, the Jonathan Creek special, the Renwick special part two. Left you on somewhat of a cliffhanger from last week, but we're back here with me and Sai. Hello, Sai. Hello. For part two of the Renwick. Or also known as the wrap-up. The wrap Well, yeah, it's quite a sub wrap-up, but we'll go straight into it. Cheers. David, is there any sitcoms post 2000 that you were, were fond of i know you said i've asked you a similar question before and you didn't really watch that much tv but any comedies that stand out in the last 15 20 years that you've got some admiration for it, I, no? I, do find, I do find that very difficult yeah i do find that very difficult question because to say to say none that i can immediately think of suggests that i've watched them all and you know given them all the thumbs down <laughs> well no yeah it couldn't be further from the truth um, I mean, number one, I don't think they make too many sitcoms now. I mean, they, they're in, not what you would call traditional sitcoms in the way that, you know, we we understood them. Comedy shows. Well, you, you mentioned, mentioned The Office, didn't you? Comedy. You mentioned The Office. Oh, yeah, well, The Office is, yes, is, is certainly. And extras I wasn't so mad about. Um, I mean, I, I sort of felt it sort of played to the indulgence of the, you know, getting all the star the names. Breeze, and, yeah. And also, I suppose, coming from the industry, you sort of, you know, whereas I, well, I did work in an office at one time when I was a reporter, but I it kind of took the office to be, you know, a very authentic look at its workplace extras. I, I know, I know, I know about the film sets and extras, so I know how pretty um, inauthentic a lot of that was. Well, of course, right. he ended up with him writing his own sitcom. <laughs> so <laughs> there was a lot of license there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. You know, we just sort of evolve and move towards what's... I mean, I know, I have... I think maybe... I don't know if you... you it was you, Tom, who mentioned that Afterlife, which I've still not got round to watching, which I gather is very good. And I just... I think it's probably because it would depress me too much. But you've got to watch um, that. you got to watch a scene... With, you got to watch a scene with Annette in because she's got a... Well, potty, yeah, I know. I know. Potty, yeah. <laughs> a potty mouth. Yeah, yeah. Gervais yeah. convinced her to use such language, but it's just a job, isn't it? That in that in that regard, but um... oh yeah, oh she would have had no compunction about doing that, was she? <laughs> yeah. um, so what, like you say, you don't really watch much TV. What kind of what's your favourite kind of genre, or like what would, what would you what would you watch or current you know pro, current programs? Well, on? I mean, it, yeah, we. We tend to watch a lot of quizzes while we're sort of having our tea and yeah. news. Uh, that's it. Um, no, but there were certain drama series, we, you know, if we kind of, I mean, we came late to Happy Valley, which we then became kind of sort of addicted to. And, yeah, uh, that's good. Um, I mean, right recently we um, we watched the first series, the Perry Mason reboot, which is which grew on us enormously, having 
kind of grown up with Raymond Burr. And uh, so that was uh, sort of very interesting. I don't know what the second series is like to get to watch. Uh, what else have we got? Co- we've got a sort of intercept on Line of Duty. We watched all that. Um, you like Better Call Soul? You that... mentioned Better Call Soul once upon a time, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we, we watched all of them. Did you watch um, Rock and Chips, prequel to Fools and Horses? Because the reason why yeah. I asked that, I, People sometimes ask me, do you think a One Foot in the Grave prequel would work? I'd, I'd always welcome it. Would a prequel to One Foot work either in a book form or TV show? Would you Have you ever considered a prequel? No. Okay. No. <laughs> Next <laughs> question. I haven't considered very much at all because it's all too much like hard work. Yeah, it, it, would, won't be, it would be straightforward finding a young Victor, would it? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, everything casting as well. I mean, there are so many more good people around now than probably there are. Uh, just, just more good people just because there are there are more people. Um, but finding <laughs> them is is never is never easy. And um, you know, I used to go to all of the casting. It was one thing I was always I always involved. I was involved with everything really. But um, casting meetings, and even when I couldn't get to the casting meetings, they'd send me the tapes and um, you know to to review. And so you know that it's. Um, your casting is everything, as we've as we've, as we've said before. Um, Speaking so of casting, busy. David. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to quickly touch yeah. upon. Um, do you reckon Stuart Milligan coming in as Adam Klaus was a kind of blessing in disguise? Um, Anthony uh, it, it's yeah, it's interesting. I was just looking, I was going through my diary uh, um, this week for 1997. Uh, with, oh wow! Uh, Tom Note <laughs> been re-editing, and I certainly got as far as that. But um, after a lull, um, which describes the day that um, well describes the day that we um, that we learned we couldn't get Tony Head any um, for the second series because he was contractually tied down with um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. yeah. and although he would have liked to have come back and made it work and do his scenes, but there was just logistically no way it would work. Yeah. Um, so the thing I never ever would have wanted to do, which was recast, but I thought, well, he was in one scene, you That's know, it. yeah, um, and uh, well, episode I should say, not one scene, one episode at the beginning, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we've we've got a whole series. Hopefully, you know, more more and more to come. Um, it can't just write the character out. So, so we um, we investigated other, and we got, you know, we. We went through a lot of names um, before we got to Tony Head in the first place, and I remember. And this is interesting, just because I saw it in my diary the other day, and that the, um, the Marcus Mortimer who directed the first episode's first suggestion was Lionel Blair. And uh, blimey, I really? My diary. Bloody hell! Bizarrely, really? I didn't think that was such a terrible idea. Really? Um, I had I had worked <laughs> briefly with, with Lionel Blair on tap, Bruce tap dancing would have been in his contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you know, he, but a kind of you know, a, a, a sort of self-obsessed, conceited sort of showman character. I think you yeah, might, yeah. you know, yeah. all these things are worth yeah. considering. Um, and I know, I remember we offered it to Paul Jones. It's another yeah, stranger, it Paul Jones of, of Manfred Mann. Manfred Mann, yeah, I was, I was thinking, right. I know that name. I love Manfred Mann. Yeah. I think you kind of yeah. mean the the musician. Yeah. He did right. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Yeah, and uh, again, who I don't even know why we did that. What we thought of his acting abilities, but for some reason it, <laughs> it, it made sense at the time. And indeed, he was—I uh, think he was very interested. Then, it, then that conflicted with his tour dates or something. You know, the way you go through a lot of these sort of strange. And we offered it to Robert Lindsay. Um, oh yeah. Well, we offered it to Robert Lindsay after we lost um, 
Tony. Could see Robert Lindsay doing it. I could have seen. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and she... I think one one of my favourites before um, before we got to uh, to Tony Head was um, Billy Connolly. Um, wow, that would have been the jackpot if you got him. Um, yeah. One of the interesting ideas that sort of this is the sort of stuff that you know you sort of bounce around. Um, you know, you aim for the you know. <laughs> Aim for for the, the the best you could possibly get, and then you know, have to sort of lower your sights a little bit on so many occasions. And we saw um, a few people. Well, it was Sandy's suggestion, uh, Sandy uh, Johnson's suggestion to see Stuart. And um, I had worked with Stuart before. On um, again, he had a very brief scene in <laughs> Whoops Apocalypse um, as an American um, commanding officer, and there was a an, an ill fated project that never actually happened back in the 80s for Andrew and myself to write a parody of Indiana Jones called Oklahoma Jones and the Trumpets of Death that was what it was (laughs) just before Last Crusade uh, not Last Crusade the um the the Temple of Doom came out yeah um and Stuart was going to play the uh the the Harrison Ford character there so I, you know, our paths had crossed, um, and uh, I'd forgotten actually what and he was a you know, pretty decent close match for um, Tony Head, really. Mm. Um, it certainly didn't look wildly unlike him. And, he's American, um, though, isn't he? He is actually American. Yes, he right? is. Yeah, 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 yeah yes, yes, because yes, Tony Head was was uh, was fabricating his. Yeah, <laughs> in, yeah. But, you know, ironically, that he was the one that went. Did, I actually I don't know this because I never watched it. Did he? Was he? Was he English in Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I have I no. I haven't watched it actually. No, I haven't watched it either. No, none of us know that. I think but he anyway, was. but um, Stuart was the genuine artist. I think comes from Texas. I think originally. There's something about so many Americans that we have cast over the years um, who seem to have, as a general rule, is generalising madly, but a much stronger facility with my lines than. Uh, than a lot of English people do. And, yeah, um, right. was like the guy in um, Jack in the Box. Um, uh, yeah. His name mm-hmm. was Colin, uh, Colin, Colin, somebody. Anyway, um, he j- just rattles off those lines, you know, just so wonderfully and believably. Some actors in um, Dance Macabre, the one who uh, played... Yeah. Um, he recently died, didn't he? The, what, the chappie from um, oh, Happy, Gav- Happy Gavin Days, O'Hurley. wasn't he? Yeah, Gavin O'Hurley, yeah. who played uh, the... Uh, Drucker, the bodyguard. Yes, that's it. Yeah, Drucker. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah lots sick breed, sick. Yeah. Jonathan. <laughs> oh, yes, and whose name is spelled incorrectly on the credits. So is it? Is, yeah. <laughs> I've noticed it's that. Gavin, I think. And but also the guy who played Tom Teresi. Yeah, I should uh, shamefully can't remember his name off the top of my head. He was brilliant as well. Really, really, just just wonderful with the words, you know. Yeah. And Stuart was the singer. You know, I could give him all these sort of strange kind of circuitous lines throughout the whole run of Creek, which he just, you know, just handled brilliantly and uh, made work. So I think, um, but, you know, they were both good in their, their different ways. I thought, I, you know, I really, I really loved what Tony Edward did in the in that Restless Tomb episode. I, mean, that. Um, I think Stuart brought a lot of the, the, the quite relief that the show maybe needed. More yes, of it though, yes. uh, and it was it just worked really, really well. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I loved what Stuart did in there yeah. and throughout the years, and I was in the guy, and we didn't have him in every single episode, no. and he was in more than not probably, but it was a bit mm. like one of the graves, slightly lashing the appearance of 
But um, when he did appear, I think it was incredibly good value. And um, I mean, Alan loved, adored working with him. And um, oh, better, isn't it? yeah, I just felt, you know, there was one of the things that bugged me a bit, I suppose, towards the end was that he seemed to get a lot of stick for the that some of the things that um, some of the sort of storylines with with Stuart. But this is a this it's is a, a facet of it kind of um, sort of appends to what I was saying a minute ago about sort of just becoming aware of how of how things change and how attitudes change and what you are, you know, what has become acceptable and hasn't become acceptable. And the fact that, you know, I have an episode where, you know, to me at the time, the idea that this Klaus has got this buying shares in 3d pornography you know is um <laughs> and creep you know is is appalled by the whole thing and deeply embarrassed and reacts the way you know you would hope you would react to it but but you know that's the character you know i mean that's klaus's character and that's yeah. what's you know bizarre and and what what you're mocking but yeah. you've got to stage now where people don't even see beyond that they don't see that layer no, um no. like the fact that you know i thought there was quite a good sort of subtext there that he was deeply offended when he found out this porn star's breasts weren't real <laughs> um but he had been he had been using the the deceit of the fact that he could practice real magic to deceive her so i kind of got into bed yeah. uh, and he couldn't see you know and freak says you know you can't see the irony of this can you um oh, and i thought that was kind of quite a neat idea but but we got so much stick for that sort of episode and i no doubt really? probably That's... yeah well from a lot of quarters i don't know every quarter but people felt that was very tacky oh, God. and um there was i mean there's a scene in like the later one i was at due to do this trip i think where he's blacked up of course and that's been yeah. done um i haven't even heard about the if there's any i've not heard any come back to that i suppose if you air it tonight on bbc one you get yeah i suspect you would (laughs) i suspect you would get um i was appalled by this you know the shots of you know because it's been done you know in order specifically to you know to to make him look um racist um people have got the image on the that's that's what that's what loses some people they just don't they just don't look at the bigger picture, do they, with this sort of thing? But Can whatever. I ask, in, in that episode, this might seem like a really stupid question, but at the end, is Creek the one that ended up editing those videos? Because at the end, it seems like he's... I got an image of him sipping his water and looking as if, like, obviously he's he's one behind it all. Is he the no. one... He's no, right. no, that no, that was never intentional. He, oh, okay. I think, he's, he's um, enjoying it. That's right, the... okay, that's fine. <clears throat> He's seen his boss get I mean, he's relishing the um, the fact that, um, that people are putting him through yeah. this. That, you know, all this sort of <laughs> I love it, though. It's just, that's just, his, <laughs> that's just uh, like Adam Klaus's persona, isn't it? He's trying to big himself up, but then he kind yeah. of gets Well, gets I, yeah, I remember when Stuart was doing the, he's got there's that scene where he's just sort of walking into um, uh, is it, is a sort of a charity tent or something. When it when it's replayed, he's um, he's Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Stuart yeah. had this kind of idea that he just did a little sort of you know that um, sort of sort of mini mini Nazi salute where the where the hand just goes up. Yeah, yeah. And he said it would be funny if I'm doing that in the original, just greeting them, <laughs> so that when he says <laughs> Hitler, it looks like a Nazi salute. You know, little things like that. I you know I yeah. love it when people are creative and put. I say it just shows. It's just an indication of how into the whole 
um, idea he was. And, uh, you know, I remember him walking in, walking into the studio at Pinewood with blackface on. Just, I just love this show. Said, you know, really? Just, just, ready, just ready for that scene. Obviously, <laughs> the fact that I am, you know, yeah. here yeah, I am, man. you know, I'm in blackface, which is the most, you know, that's crazy, <laughs> that thing crazy. we could be doing. But, you know, we're, you know, the sort of thing you could imagine Mickey Gervais doing. And, you know, because yeah. think, well, yeah. you know, it's it's an idea. You know, I know what the point of this is. You know, yeah. I mean, if you choose to. Now, I mean, interestingly, just sort of digressing on to another similar area in, um, in the uh through the savant's thumb which was where the um where we had the the the, the trans guy who had um you know who'd um in that that first meeting the first um oh i remember sort of drink, jacqueline hyde jacqueline hyde yeah yeah which, yeah. Was, which was a good gag i thought <laughs> yeah, yeah um yeah. So, you know J jacqueline hyde uh, but it's the fact that it's only Creek that is Quite uh, funny. That is that is 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 is, 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 you know, is, is baffled by all baffled, this. Yeah. Everyone else is sort of kind of sort of slightly coughing in embarrassment that he's <laughs> questioning. Uh, you had it in Black Canary, didn't you, with the um, Rick Mills? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I knew it's a man or a woman. This, this is now. This hasn't stood the test of time. <laughs> that that but, was a yeah, chap, though, wasn't it? That was that was. It a was, yeah, chap. yeah. He yeah, came yeah. in for a different part. I mean, we were seeing people, <laughs> but we couldn't. Yeah, he came in for a different part, and it was my it was wife Ellie. She said, "Do you know what? Uh, I can't remember what his name was now. Dave, somebody. I reckon you could get him to play the uh, the ambivalence." <laughs> police sergeant that's brilliant and she was absolutely right i mean i because i thought that worked really well the, you know it's just the sort of idea i love the fact it all comes full circle at the end they both change their minds and yeah, <laughs> each yeah. the other but that getting back to um to jack hyde at the end mm. there in the end you know were just played a, a a perfectly um legitimate part in the plot at the end we had i mean our uh, executive producer pete thornton had to go into a meeting to defend that um, really yeah yeah this was the very very beginning i think of the of the the, the you know the shift the big sort of sort yeah. of uh, you know, the seismic shift in which it now became very very dodgy to to approach these issues and um <laughs> watching it back more recently mm. uh, i actually thought it stood up rather well in the current climate so i thought yeah. it's, it's, you know it's it's recognizing something that at the time we seem maybe you know less less plausible but yeah. now because it seems to be all around us and um, the yeah. idea that creek is just sort of out of step and is behind you know behind the times as it were um seemed like you know far more um realistic uh take on it than it maybe it was at the time because it, it's not there's no mockery about it anyway it's only the only person being mocked is creek and it just gets to that um yes you say that to uh, jacqueline hyde gag which is yeah. always, always yeah I, I mean i i had my first and only one star review after having graham linen on the pod yeah, yeah <laughs> i know i know it's, i was talking purely comedy bob yeah. and ted the overlap with one foot but there was always going to be one but you know i still loved having him on and i'd have him on again you know, I know. Well, you have to just stand up. I mean, returning to the to Cleese and his stage show. I mean, is he keeping that uh, Loretta scene in from um, you know the uh, life of Brian? Um, uh, he claims that he is, but you know, you sort of think, well, <laughs> if he does, he'll they'll be picketing outside the theatre for that yeah, as well. True, I think. Yeah. Um, I think Idle and Cleese aren't talking anymore. Are they so, so Idle's tweeted or 
is quite cryptic, but I don't think they've been on talking terms since their mini tour after the Python uh, reunion. Yes, I I found that uh, a slightly sort of strange thing. He said, I, 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 I don't, you know, I don't, um, I've got nothing to do with this show. But you think, well, he must have, he, he must have assigned rights to him because all the Pythons were involved in the writing yeah. of that. Of yeah, that. yeah. It's, and uh, in the same way, they must have gone to spam a lot because, um, you know, they couldn't have just used all that material without of course. the rest of the current. So I, who knows what's going on? I don't. With, with the uh, Comeback Creek episodes, obviously you, you made quite a bold decision to move Creek out of his windmill, put him into a sort of a office type job. Was that a difficult decision to make or was it quite no, quite straightforward no, for you? It was, um, well, there were sort of two factors there. One was that I had felt maybe I'd finished with Jonathan Creek again, having already finished the final episode ever with um with gorgon's wood and then just sort of coming back um because i uh, thought it'd be a good idea to have sheridan in it um i had um as you know i'd got this this putative project i was going to do at itv um called ergo and yeah. uh, with um with rob webb yeah uh, who was on board and um it began life as a different uh, project on boy with the, the BBC that Sheridan was going to be kind of co-started right and, and indeed would have been the first choice for Ergo but um, we didn't I think her career was just going into the stratosphere <laughs> uh, so we were looking to to, to cast uh, um, another actress beside Rob Webb but anyway that didn't happen in the end because uh, we got to the stage where I was just getting so many notes that I didn't agree with so I pulled it um, but I had you know I had these six script sitting around and um i just thought well rather than waste these i think there's a lot of material here i can use if i do three more Solomon creeks but because ergo was all set in a kind of country village and that you know that was the the, 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 the context of all of the you know, the ideas and the stories that was part and parcel of you know what i would have had to i had to keep it in that mm. uh, context for creek so that was one 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 factor. The other was getting back to what I said before about I just was I think I was just getting a bit fed up with the with the criticisms of Klaus's um, antics, and I thought, I can't well, believe that. Uh, <laughs> you know, it yeah, it, well, it gave me no pleasure. But I thought, well, you know, you can you, a lot of people make a lot of noise about things, and it doesn't yeah. mean that the broad pub general public out there think that. But it Man. got to me to a point where I thought, well, maybe you know, and to just to give it a fresh look, how about Creek solving slightly more domestic mysteries in a in a sort of country rural setting. Hmm. You know, it's a it's a different kind of uh, Jonathan Creek, but you know, don't we all grow up eventually? I mean, okay, we all evolve, but, yeah. Yeah, Columbo was still still in the LAPD, you know, in his eighties, bizarrely wearing that same raincoat. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I think you, I've tried to recognise you know, a little bit more, of, you know, the, the real world. And isn't there some humour in that as well? Um, that Creeks mm. kind of moved on. I mean, moved on in the Clue of Savant's Thumb, of course, because that's where it married. So it, I'd I made that switch in that episode. Um, yeah. It, wasn't in Clue of the Seven Stars because yeah. because um, Sheridan's character was already mocking him for the fact that he was um, in an office, right. yeah. and then of course he puts the duffel coat back on. That was a bit of a sort of a 
cheap shot but, oh, yeah. but anyway but we, then we, I all, we all put fists in the air and sort of cheered on yeah, that, yeah when which was, that was the intention obviously mm-hmm. and um but i just thought with it really that any you know whatever critique comes in as i know there was a lot of uh you know a lot of about what those last three saying that yeah you know, Earth is thinking about doing that. Um, my my answer to that really is um, well, you know, if I hadn't done that, there wouldn't have been any shows at all because I wasn't yeah. anymore. Um, yeah, which they'd probably say yes. Well, maybe you shouldn't have done. Although, of course, we did. Then, you know, I made it as a final sort of concession. I returned to the sort of gothic in the Demon's uh, Roost one, right? Yeah, at the very end. But uh, but so those three were I derived largely from you know the material left over from from Ergo and. Um, there is an even a little in reference to that. Uh, there's a scene where Polly's at the front gate of their house, and uh, the house is called Ergo. There's a house sign. Oh, reference. So you had a question that you about Septimus Noon whilst we're on this era of Creek. Well, you an observation, wasn't it? About how it was flipped. I mean, yeah. Just... Oh yeah. What, what what was kind of the idea? I, well, I think in general, what I've heard you say before is. It's regarding the Sherlock, wasn't it? But like, what was was that the main idea for you flipping, showing we, us the mystery? Well, yeah, that, it was an uh, unusual uh, approach. We, we, but the mystery is revealed to us, but Creek's yeah. still working out, sort of thing. Yeah, but that. Um, yes, I mean that was that, and the the, the, the sort of Sherlock um, illusion was uh, two different things, really. But but I, I, I mean, it took me that long, having you know, getting right back to the beginning of our conversation. Um, uh, from having been inspired by Columbo to actually do an episode right. in Columbo's style, in which you see, you know, the explanation at the beginning, and then, you know, the, the, the mystery is resolved in a different way towards the end. And I had always said that I was going to do that one time, and um, and it took me that long before I actually got around to doing. But I think it was all partly because I felt that that particular plot sort of worked better if you if you saw it if you saw why it you know came to pass yeah it, it felt it's, it's a curious thing that it it, it to me felt more believable to show the audience that that has that had happened and why it had happened that she was wearing that prosthetic um sort of torso thing yeah um, rather than you start with the mystery of you know how she had been stabbed and then he you know and then at the end you explain well she got this um, prosthetic uh, piece across her you know, middle. I felt was would have seemed one of those explanations that you know would 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 have felt felt you know more limp than mm. yeah, um, yeah. by seeing it by 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 flipping it round. I felt it kind of you got away with it more easily. But, but also because I I just thought it, it rang the changes, you know, which is what one is always trying to do. Just yeah, and think, well, okay, look. We're doing it this way this time, and there were still things for him to work out, like the um, the Sherlock the name on the painting and that, and the and the um, Kieran uh, Kieran Hodgson is that his name? Um, the main the chap that did the was like the Sherlock character kind of person. You yeah, mean? yeah, yeah. Was that, it was which, a bit which, competitive, which, wasn't it? It was a bit yeah, yeah he would that, work it out first sort of thing. Yeah, well, he got it all wrong, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the funny thing. Yeah. Which, which is, you know, which is one yeah. of those things that you think uh, you're saying all this, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all of the, all of those clues that you're you know assigning all of the, uh, the the um you know the facts to could you could, could be completely wrong they could have been you know due to something else entirely um and it, it just would be fun to 
to to do that you know to to say well actually my watch had stopped but i don't want a disillusion because there's so much of that around that's the sort of thing that i find bothers me in so many detective stories where at the end and that i goodness knows there are enough Agatha Christie's that fall into that category yeah. where at the end the detective tells you everything that actually happened and you think well that's fine up to a point but you couldn't possibly have known that you're just <laughs> speculating about that and I mean you know I know that I've been you know, guilty of the same thing uh, in many uh, on many occasions in Crete but I, I just try always try and at least preface it with him saying well um you'll have to fill in the gaps here but um uh i wouldn't mind betting that it's something or other or something or other rather than just stating the whole thing as you know absolute fact which they do in a lot of yeah i was going to say actually is that, that was one of my questions because in the end of house of monkeys creek says um when he's when he's in doing the you know the wrap up or whatever it is yeah. he, he states that oh, it could have it could have happened in another way but i've only come i've only come to that's my way of getting around that yeah, because yeah. he wasn't there he didn't see what happened there and you know there are occasions where you can form a pretty concrete explanation that is um you know that, that's true to the true to the clues but yeah. um but very often you because you know by definition you weren't there no yeah, exactly it, it wasn't there and so it is speculation part of the reason you get away with it is because you show it in flashback yeah yeah, you yeah. show it happening and you show that girl and you show him falling from the desk onto the sword that's it you know no more explanation is needed it obviously yeah. did happen because look we're seeing it oh yeah but you're only seeing it because creek is <laughs> telling you that's what you think yeah. happened yeah. um and, but there wasn't uh, another way. There wasn't another way. Then it could have happened. Well, because uh, <laughs> it, it was sort of it was in its the show was in its infancy at that point. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's a you know, of course, it's a it's a difficulty you always have in uh, in de- in detective stories and explaining it. Yeah, the of end. course. Sometimes, and it's just a question of degree. I think. I mean, it's not like I'm claiming. Well, you can't say anything that you would you don't know for an absolute fact because, of course, I have done that. But I just think it's a question of how much. And yeah. I, there are a lot of lot of detective shows and films, I think, where the person, the detective, tells this the most elaborate story with so many details in it that you think you would, you know, you're just filling all of that in, yeah, because because it makes sense. But it, 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 there's no way you could, you know, you could necessarily have known that. I think that's that's the difference. It's just get it's just getting that that balance between the two, really. When you're writing, uh, well, any any show, but it, it, obviously this is a Creek special, does the mystery come first? Is that obvious to say? Or are you thinking of just a random idea with a certain interaction, then follow with the mystery? So writing pro- I know you've been asked writing process questions several times, but in, in particular to Creek, are you thinking of the most extraordinary, impossible lock room scenario then work backwards or which yeah. way around you do it for creek yeah. in particular yeah that was that was usually the starting point i had to get the <clears throat> the uh the impossible scenario yeah an explanation as to how that had come about how the hell did this happen yeah and then um everything else works backwards from that i mean the the, the best ones were where you come up with a I don't know how to describe it, but a, a set of circumstances or some a device of some kind that is odd in itself, and from that you 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 devise um, a, a scenario which that would explain. Right. I'm not explaining it very well, a but bit, I mean, bit, a bit like I, a painting in a small room that just disappeared. Yeah, is that you? Well, um, <laughs> well, the, well, the alternative to it, of course, is you 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 come up with a, an impossible 
circumstance and then try yeah. and think of a way that that could have come about right um, which right. is the more obvious one but an example of the former that i was just saying was to think of um well a story about where there are two absolutely identical rooms and right. one that person a character thinks he's in one room he's actually in the other well, yeah what's that, that episode yeah that's uh no trace of traces yeah and yeah so there was, there was that um there was another episode which it's i think amazing. it was gorgon's uh, not gorgon's word um oh, ghost forge with the prank on um yes. oh, yeah yeah, yeah. that's the yeah in a yes yeah, so that's what i was thinking of. yeah well that's um i can't remember how, how that will of course that was a little bit sort of sellotaped on at the end really because that wasn't fundamentally a, a mystery that had any impossible element to it at all it was only maddie's disappearance um that yeah. i kind of, that I kind of happily baffled she, she horned into that the rest of it was, it was you know i hope was a sort of fairly interesting twist about the identities and everything but it wasn't an impossible part but um uh but yes yeah, so to think of the two rooms and then work kind of backwards from that into the, the roy pilgrim story that were that that came i mean that's so that you're not thinking well certainly not that early in the series you provide by series four or five you probably would be thinking about duplicate rooms but that that's <laughs> stage I, it might not have occurred to you that you, you know we're not talking about the same room um i mean that's another you know problem with the more you do the more you know you're you kind of say, yeah it must get harder yeah well you've you know we'd use the mirror that you thought was a sheet of glass and the sheet of glass that you thought was a mirror <laughs> so there, i don't think there are any more ramifications about that remember yeah. there was a viewer that wrote in that said well this black canary clearly doesn't work because you know if a man was sitting in front of the mirror obviously you'd see his own reflection and, um, well, it depends on the angle, doesn't it? As well, of course, it, it totally it, does. Not and, sat in uh, front of it, was he? Yeah, yeah. If you're sitting squarely in front of it, of course, <laughs> too. But they couldn't see this. The idea that you actually pick up pen and paper, you know, to write to the BBC about it. Oh, of course. On Asbridge, bless him, our our um, uh, production designer um, wrote back. I think with little drawings and diagrams. I thought he actually wrote back. Well, little what? physics lesson. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was wonderful because we were there in this conservatory which John had built onto the back of this house. Um, and um, you know we've got the mirror in place and uh, got our snowed up exterior and everything, and it absolutely worked. You know, you yeah. sat there where Francis Matthews was sitting, and you were looking at what was apparently a, a seamless um, expanse of, of of snow, but in mm. fact, uh, Hannah Gordon was lying, you know, behind that panel. Yeah, and you wouldn't have known it, and it totally worked in you know in in the flesh. This must have been quite an expensive production, then, David, because obviously well, it got you, less expensive. Yeah. It went along. That was another problem. Um, yeah. When you think of some of the things that we did early on, like building that garage for Dance Macabre. That, oh yes, I read that on the internet. Actually, I didn't know that. That's crazy. So that's yeah. like that was generally built for yeah, the, it was built just for our episode and demolished in Cotswold. Bloody hell. You know, and we wouldn't have had the money to do that later. No, indeed, we didn't have the money um, latterly even to go to the windmill um, because right. um, there was a lot of dressing of the windmill that had to be done. But also because it was down um, at Horsham, it was an overnight stay for the whole crew in hotels, and that was what really pushed the cost of it up. In the arse of nowhere, isn't it? Because we we've been a we've been a few times there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, you know and the travel time and everything. So we ended up in I think the first episode where we didn't have it was um, was Satan's Chimney. So we oh, built nice. Creeks uh, Creeks workroom at Pinewood. Now, how did this work? There was um, I mean we we did those scenes where Julia comes into the 
the, obviously we had we, we managed to do some exteriors we still did some exteriors and also when the big ventriloquist dummy was on the sale we did yeah. x there but they were they were i think it may even have been second unit or something so we didn't it didn't cost us too much, too much yeah. um but, and um and we didn't do all the interiors so that was a lot cheaper mm. i mean we didn't even have exteriors towards the end but there was a scene where creek was um it was the one with bill bailey in wasn't it Oh, Bill um, um, Bailey as Kenny Starkis, and he was uh, wasn't he? Halfway through the scene, you realise that he'd been inside this trunk. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, um, which Creek was kind of, kind of locked him away in this trunk, presumably on the basis they'd see how long he could hold his breath for uh, with the joke. Anyway, and we were doing this at Pinewood, and for some reason, um, I think there was uh, when we were doing the reverse shooting, the reverses. Um, I don't think Bill was available. Maybe he was on tour or something. Mm. And so we had a stand-in um, who you only kind of saw the back of. And in some of those shots, he was shooting over his shoulder, getting out of the trunk. But obviously he was he was dressed as as Bill was in the scene uh, when we did it the other way around. And um, this guy wandered over at one point. I was sitting by the monitor. And for the life, I just thought, it's Bill Bailey. <laughs> this is Bill Bailey's just what? He's not here today, is it? No, it was the stand-in. And he got the same sort of bald head and they put the glasses on in the beard and the uh, and all of the costume and everything. And it was just so uncanny that I, I decided to use that to, I was say, yeah. in the, the, the pods. You know, in the um, teleportation scene. <laughs> so we got him back for that. But that's how that came about, that particular moment, because wow, wow. it started a stand-in in that episode. That's, that's incredible. Is there um, any notable cuts to Jonathan Creek that is not commonly known? I know when it's been aired around the world to fit in with adverts, there's probably been cuts, but is there anything you can think of particularly annoyed you that they cut? That, they, that wasn't on the DVDs or re-airings? Or... No, I haven't. I don't think they've cut anything for... I know we got a warning in front of one episode on really? drama. You know, the way they put, oh, this, can, this contains mm. language some people find offensive. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? It was um, Time Waits for Norman. And wow. uh, I think it was a reference to a transvestite. We're getting back to our previous topic. Uh, Maddie says it, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. You got, have you never seen a transvestite before? She says to Sandy Johnson, who is standing yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the one mustache. of his cameos at the I mean, that's another thing. Where else did he appear? He had, there are two others I can think of. Yeah. One is taking the, as a paramedic, taking the, frog out of the man's throat um you always know it's sandy because of the handlebar moustache does he still have those or not does he still have this does he start i think it's, it's a bit grayer now but yes i think so. <laughs> and um and also the man who who takes removes the head in the um check, uh, check a box yeah, yeah you're in, well you're in a few as well aren't you you're in uh the beginning um, is it the beginning uh, you're, yeah you're mr cameo in bonfoot um, and creek aren't you well i i don't think angel I've, hair yeah yeah, there's a well. Originally, I was going to be the man who cut all their hair off. Um, oh, with yeah. a on. But um, well, this was Chris Gurness. She always wanted to get me into the show, but uh, <laughs> the back was really playing up at that point. So I'd already shot the bit where they're all sitting there. I had it was a shot. It I think it was one single close up. I think, but that was that. I did a lot of. Um, I did my. I think my one of my. Oh, yeah, there was, there was the other one where I've. Um, on the screen, yeah. Silence, but that was just another. Yeah, just. You- yeah, you introduced Roy Pilgrim, didn't you? Did you? I because I said to Sai, I think that's David's voice. I was going to say I did a lot of voices over the, over the Roy years. Pilgrim. Yeah, uh, that was you, though, wasn't it? I'm not imagining. 
No, it was me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right. I don't know that. For once, I, I had. For like once, you. I had some. Tri- <laughs> I had some trivia over side because he. Well, I, I don't know everything. I don't, well, I don't know hardly anything, but you I, know. Yeah. yeah. I also did the announcement for um, Patty Hayridge. Put your hands together Which... and pray in the uh, the trick joint. Well, that was another thing. That guy, that mastermind guy. So, what was the one of the questions? What was the name of the club that um, that um, the Hattie Hayridge character was playing in? He got it, did he? Oh, God. I could never have remembered that. I mean, I only remember it now because I'm remembering it from him saying it. Anyway, um, yeah, I did that. I, I mean, I did the, the skeleton's voice as well, which was all distorted. Oh, did you? Oh, well, didn't, know didn't know that. Did not know that. Loads of it. Because it, I, I mean, <laughs> I didn't charge. Um, but yeah. uh, Keith Washington, interestingly, who directed some of them, um, did a couple of voices. I think there's one where... Um, where they've got the film unit at the <laughs> and uh, you just hear a voice shouting down something or other. Will you come on? Let's go and let's reshoot this shot or something. I can't remember. You know, it's just Keith Washington shouting down, but he actually charged for it. Really? <laughs> him... Man's got to make a living. Yeah. So, well, is it was there was Ellie in any kind of cameo role in the background or or, or no? I don't think I appeared anywhere else. I had a I had a longer one. Or two in uh, Love Soup, I remember, and my one foot in the grave were all voices, I think. But I we've talked about all that, haven't we? Yeah, we ha- we yeah we've covered that. But Ellie wasn't your wife wasn't in there. Uh, well, Ellie does appear. Actually, Ellie appears. I'll tell you where she appears in the Angel Hair episode. Oh yeah. In when Tamsin's character is out on the on um, which I think it was Primrose Hill with uh, oh, the dog. The, the dog creek and he's throwing the ball uh, yeah. and that. there are some other dog walkers oh, and, creaky, um, dog. and ellie is one of them and um, well, actually i don't know she's got a dog but she's walking with verity who is walking her own dog she has her own little um miniature oh, I, t- I, t- I, t- I tell you the line i love from jack d is uh i think it's according to the son of I'm the luckiest bastard in britain yeah, or, or yeah. that? Effect? Yeah, I yeah. That a long time ago. I need to watch that again. I love Angel Hair. Yeah. It's a great episode. Yeah, Ro- I always think of Ross Kemp because obviously the uh, kidnapper shows the TV Times with his mugshot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just always think <laughs> Ross Kemp, but even he's nothing to do with that episode. It's just his mugshot. Nothing whatsoever. We saw some interesting people for that um, Jack D part before we got to Jack D, or which was I remember we saw again the late Sean Hughes, David Williams. Oh wow. Um, Eddie Marzan and who is there? There's somebody else who's quite and um, but you know all of I think to be my imagination we see David Tennant for it as well. I've got an idea we did, but um as ever it's you know it's not a question whether these people are any good. Of course they're all mm. very good. Mm. It's just you know whether they fit that particular yeah. part, whether they just sort of make that work. And um and Jack D did. I mean uh, in fact, but I don't think we ever did interview Jack D. We just offered it to him. But I mean, he was he was just absolutely perfect. I mean, I kind of always. I mean, the character was called Dudley, and I sort of sort of saw him as a sort of Dudley Moore kind of character. Yeah, yeah, he is. That's a re- that's what we call a Renwicky name. These quirky yeah. Dudley is definitely uh, uh, a trademark name choice. Yeah. Have we got um, maybe one or two more questions? I don't. Well, I was just going to quickly ask. Not really that. It's just a bit of a superficial one, really. But like, if it was on, if if Creek was on in an evening on on drama. Would you would you switch over and uh, 
sit and watch. I think I I think we've uh, when I'm sort of scrolling through the menu for things that I never watch on television. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, and Elliot said, "Oh look, it's John. That's one foot in the grave." And I said, "Yeah, but you know, you're going to have to see. You maybe sort of sit and watch five minutes. Then the advert break comes up for another thing. You think, oh, it's an over. <laughs> you know, if you're going to do it, just put the DVD on. Oh hell yeah, way better. Yeah, I, I, I watched them on UK TV. Is it play or something like some catch up? And they're just they just cuts all the swearing like the actual whole scene nearly I'm oh, like, oh, this is pointless uh, yeah I go, i'm going back to deep genuinely i'm going back to dvds I've, I've got my dvds from the loft and i'm gonna buy dvds again because the network shut down haven't they so they're all going to become collectible and very pricey <laughs> yeah get, get the original where possible original cuts of your favorite shows because yeah streaming sites could take things down at any moment yeah uh, and you used to you used to have a go at me for collecting down my dvds i did used to i did used to give you some stick but i i've, I've kept mine back over the years just in case oh yeah it's a good backup if you if your internet goes down yeah well exactly for for all i mean my as you know about the beginning of our conversation it's very dodgy out here anyway and (laughs) and you very often get a lot of buffering and you know so it's not the the most you know sort of fluent way of watching things the the first pressings of um the original box set not the one that's sort of superseded it but um they made some gargantuan errors on that because they put on what you were saying earlier about um, trimming down the episodes for worldwide consumption because half hour episode uh, uh, no in our case an hour which we got in 50 minute slots mm. had to take out about you know eight nine minutes of material yes i, I figured that out quite well i say i say recently but when i think we were watching one of tom's dvds and i was like i don't remember the scene there's an eight it, it was an aid aid scene when he was chewing his Toast yeah. to, the, to the noise sound effects of the workman. Yeah, and what are you no, saying? It, it wasn't in. It wasn't. It was. It was. size size you brought the DVD box set in about yeah, two thousand four, and I brought, I brought the two mine. box sets that were like individual, like series one, two, and then three, four in the specials. Yeah, and about, um, I bought and mine in about two thousand and eight. I brought, and it was. I had a couple more scenes. So I was quite smug about. But then you you since re brought the uh, yeah, of course, the I bought box them. set. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> So, so that scene wasn't it. I'm, I'm not. I wasn't aware of that one not being it. Cause that's what yeah. I mean, the first scene. Yeah, um, I mean, that's in, not in it. In the um, well, I don't know. I wonder what that. Uh, what was the reason for that? I mean, because the only reason I mean, there's obviously nothing contentious in it. It um, must just be for time. Yeah, it's it nothing. Be, I don't think there's anything offensive, but in no. a worldwide version, because on that first. I was saying the first box set, first pressings of it, I think they, they rectified it later on, but uh, they had the worldwide version. So they were actually, you know, buying a box set to get less than you would have got off air, which was very, you know, very unfortunate. I yeah. mean, I sat in a, a writer's house in L.A., uh, watching where, uh, Love Soup go out, and uh, they just butchered it down to, I mean, you know, just to, to such a point that it no longer resembled the beginning. You think, oh, God. Yeah, it does. Um, it. So it's 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 pretty it's pretty soul destroying. Um, but yeah, anyway, so in answer to that, right now I wouldn't probably. Um, well, I mean, I think I did watch because the, the, that last um, run eighteen months ago when they, they started showing the whole lot on drama, they had Alan. Um, so he did a lot of links into them. Yeah, so that's right. Actually, ironically, wrap up on a non uh, creek moment. Obviously. The uh, congratulations on the vinyl release of the One Foot Radio episodes. That's pretty special, isn't it? Um, Have you put your hands on those yet? Uh, no, no, I don't think I was aware of that. Um, really? All no, oh, right. One that... Foot, the, the radio re-released. Um, so there was the four episodes recorded for radio. I think the trial, Beast in the Cage, and a couple of others. And it's yeah. you can get them on vinyl now. Am I going mad? That's definitely what I read. Why? Uh, <laughs> 
Why would you... I, I will otherwise cut this out because I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, just check your facts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I haven't heard of anything, but then I'd be the last person to hear anyway, probably. But um, I so this is just part of the the sort of the vinyl retro enthusiasm for vinyl, is it? I don't know. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, we talk about DVDs maybe coming back, but vinyl was yeah for for, for quite some time. It's been quite a trend to. Maybe laser discs as well. Next, I mean, those weren't. I did. You know, those weren't um, episodes I was particularly fond of. Um, I mean, it wasn't. That wasn't the greatest experience um, doing those. Of course, they also um, re. They edited um, some TV shows for. Um, they, I don't know if they put them out on radio, but certainly out on cassette in sound only. I think the um, Man in Long Black Coat, for instance, was one of them. Yeah, those those radio ones, which were done in front of a, um, a radio audience with um, some of the cast and some new people playing the sort of subsidiary parts. Were I mean, for instance, they did that. I I was very surprised that they didn't just use Eric Idle's um, Victor Meldrew song as as was. I mean, they could have just dropped that in, but um, they had the you know these yeah. And then singing it, which of course was never ever going to be as wonderful as Eric's version. No. Um, so the things like that, I thought were a bit. It was that I didn't have the greatest relationship with the uh, with the producer. <laughs> I just, I've just, I just found on the comedy British Comedy Guide vinyl release of One Foot Radio adaptions. Four editions of One Foot in the Grave that are adapted for radio are being released on vinyl. Coming go. out in August, so you're not aware of that. Then it's quite. No. It's nice. <laughs> well, as I don't think I, mean, I don't possess a turntable. No, 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 I don't. You do, don't you? Side, but uh, yeah, my laptop's literally resting on it now. <laughs> and a drum kit, of course. And the drum, yeah. This is your. So, do you play professionally in a band? Or... No, unfortunately not. I just. I kind of wanted to start teaching and I built this studio in the last year and it's just been used mainly as me practicing and a few bands and teaching stuff. drums. Yeah, teaching, teaching drums, drums. Yeah. Yeah. So That's what's it, the background that you obviously have a, a career in drumming of some sort? Well, no, I mean, I've just been playing. I, I started lessons when I was eight um, and just gone, gone from there. It's been kind of my only real passion. solid passion throughout my life. And the only thing I'm probably actually good at in a, not in a big headed <laughs> way, but just generally like, you know, mm-hmm. that's something I've stuck at and had uh, lessons with. So, no, yeah, well, I, I'm full of admiration. My, my, uh, aforementioned niece who's a production designer, her boyfriend's a drummer. And, um, yeah, I, I'm a sort of, uh, modest, I'm a kind of modest, I say modest. I mean, I'm sure he's very good, but, uh, I mean, he's not, not sort of, um, headline, but, um, yeah. yeah no, I, um, Charlie Watts is the Bible to Charlie Watts at, at Christmas. I found Fowey's been fascinated by him as a character, really, as a person. Really? Yeah, I recommend if you're. Yeah. yeah, I think you um we we couple of Sai wrote, wrote, wrote well rendition of. No, uh, I just did, did a, you, yeah. A couple of episodes. I don't know if you've listened to them, David, but Sai's written a. Uh, a I just uh, did a bit of a very in, a, a variation of the Creek theme, the Dance Macabre, you know, you Creek theme on the guitar. Is uh, it's okay. I just did it very quickly. I'm not. I'm not the best at recording or playing guitar, so. That's yeah. good. It's 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 a alternative intro to this podcast to the one oh, I was a bit of fun. Oh, oh well I'm sure I'll obviously we'll listen to it. We reviewed the scented room actually so if you're bored on uh, one day anything let me just see <laughs> I, I like to hear the opinion of a couple of nerds <laughs> about scented room. We reviewed that fairly recently but uh no I think um that's about everything from me. If there's anything else I wanted to only thanks for coming on and thanks for talking like it's been real 
interesting mm-hmm. and really pr- and a pleasure and just generally thank you for writing, you writing Jonathan Creek like providing I, I, I love it like it's thousands one of, things... of hours of of entertainment for us yeah it's just one of those things that you can sit down and just escape and it just gives me nice feelings and memories basically yeah, so. well Jay Hunt who um <laughs> who was not my greatest uh, advocate in the end, but said it was like having a nice warm bath. That was after she she uh, watched yeah. the industry and then promptly cancelled the next series. That I watched. Oh, so, so, but, but that was, was it, a bit, uh, yeah, I mean... It's um, like putting on a comfortable jumper. Yeah, that? comfortable, <laughs> yeah, yeah, comfortable yeah, jumper. Yeah, Sweater, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't watch, as I've said previously, I don't watch TV. I don't really watch TV because I, I get bored. Um but with Creek, when I was, I, I I started watching it. Obviously, the first series, uh, first episode, and it just instantly, instantly yeah. caught me. To become friends with Sai, you had to watch Creek and and naturally fall for it. Then the initiation was set. <laughs> that's what we did. To I make I make everyone watch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, bless your heart. Well, it's, uh, it's always nice because you you know you sort of assume that everything is so kind of dynamic and and high energy and and the production yeah. values have moved on i mean as indeed our own production values moved on from you know the first episode to the last you can see such a difference and yeah. i mean the first thing we shot on um on hd for instance where i was even resistant to that for a while was uh, judas tree I, th- I think we did the grinning man was the last one we shot on film um but i was always very i thought oh, no film has got to be on film but of course, and then when you look way back on film and old, they, everything looks so washed out. And, uh, yeah, yeah. The one that stands up at all. But of course, well, yeah, as you, Tom, know about all the, um, the you know, the, the sort of regrade they did on um, One Foot in the Algarve and everything, it's still possible with a lot of that if you've got a mind and the facilities and the money to, mm. um, to, to sort of uh, doll it all up again. So it is there if you go back to the original. Yeah. Film. Yeah, and well, so thank great. you very much for giving up your time appearance number four i'm sure i'll find a reason to bring on for number five but maybe i'll I'll leave it a little bit longer we didn't get (laughs) through all the we didn't get through all the questions did we so thank you david very much for coming on keep up with the work and uh yeah i really appreciate it all and it's been a pleasure to talk to you pleasure thank you you. all the very best to you thank you